morning, good morning, good morning. This is Injured Reserve Podcast with your host, me and myself and I, Mitchell Anderson. And man, where do we even begin? Uh, God, man, uh, so much has happened this past week. Uh, let's just dive right into it, man. It's pretty obvious. Last night, the whole series for that, for that matter, uh, LeBron James is going off on Toronto. Or one of the commentators said, uh, LeBronto. Uh, better well put. Man, I've never seen a Toronto, uh, it, just a team in general, but the Toronto Raptors, like, they had game one and game three close. They had game one by a mile, but just could not close it, shooting like six for 24 in the first game, uh, in the first game come the fourth quarter. They had so many chances to close it out and just couldn't do it. They just, man, I like Kyle, Kyle Lowry and the rest of that squad, but man, they're just, let's just be honest, they're just a good average team. They got the second seed in the Eastern Conference. Honestly, probably the most overrated second seed there has ever been in the Eastern Conference. Like that team just, they're a good team, but they just, some particular reason when it comes to LeBron James, they are petrified. A lot, a lot of sports outlets like to call them the baby dinosaurs, quote-unquote. Uh, LeBron James just carrying this team, man. Uh, finally getting the help that he deserves, though. Kyle Korver, J.R. Smith, those guys finally pitching in. It looks like Kevin Love is, you know, finally getting his groove back. Uh, I know he had a little partial injury when it comes to his hand, but it looks like he's finally looking like the old Kevin Love, so he's finally got that help there. But, uh, man, uh it's just how just can LeBron James really take this team to the finals? And the thing is, is like I really think they can, but the problem is, it's just he's three and five in the NBA Finals, and how much can you really, you know, uh, how can I say this? Criticizing and critique a man for as many times as he's gone to the finals now. Um, if he goes, this will be his ninth final appearance if he makes it past uh, Boston and Philly, in which Philly won game four, so avoiding that sweep. But most likely, uh, Boston's going to probably finish it off game five. It'd be safe. So, Boston, Cleveland. Boston's got a solid squad. Brad Stevens is an amazing coach. They got a, man, they got a bright future. Same with Philly. That's going to be the future of the Eastern Conference for a while, for the next decade. Uh, Terry Rozier, that all those guys. Like I, I honestly can hardly name anyone on that team besides Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward, and they lost their two best players. So the the fact of the matter is, is like it's scary to think how good Boston can be once everyone is healthy. That's you know that's the scary thing. So with that being said, can Boston really take on Cleveland? Can I mean what kind of tricks can Brad Stevens bring up for this Boston team to stop LeBron James? Because honestly, that's got to be the main vocal point, right? If Cleveland and JR, along with JR Smith, Ky, uh, Kyle Korver, and Tristan Thompson, and Kevin Love, if all those guys can play consistent like they did last night, you know, putting up, putting up 15, 20 points, then Cleveland, I got to say, I mean, they, they're pretty much a lock. I, I don't see Boston, ta- you know, taking them out. Uh, I could be wrong. That, I mean, the final, this, uh, Playoffs has surprised us so far this year. I don't think anyone really expected Boston to even make it this far, to be honest. But like I said, their head coach, Brad Stevens, man, he's just 
his IQ of basketball knowledge is just amazing. The, the fact that you lose your two best players on that squad and still you're playing like, you know, obviously the best team in the Eastern Conference. So with that being said, Boston, Cleveland, I got to take Cleveland. I, I think Cleveland takes it in in, uh, in five, to be honest. I could be wrong. You know, I, I, hey, I, I even thought Philly was going to beat Boston. So who knows? I mean, man, I thought Philly would take it. I was wanting to see Philly and Houston. Um, Houston's looking pretty solid right now. When Chris Paul and James Harden are healthy and they play together, uh, somewhere around like 80, 80 to like 85% chance uh, when they play together, they win their games. So, and then Golden State at per usual looking, you know, like typical Golden State with their squad. Um, it's just, yeah, man. Uh, Golden State up 3-1 in New Orleans. They'll, they'll finish it uh, tonight. And Houston most likely too. So we'll see Houston, Golden State. And we'll see. Um, I just, man, I want to see Houston. But Golden State, man, it's just. It's Golden State, man. <laughs> Hey, you can't stop Kevin Durant and you can't stop LeBron James. And it's gonna when it comes down to those two, I called it last year in the NBA Finals. When it came down to those two, it's gonna require who can shut down who. LeBron James and LeBron, you know, he couldn't shut down Kevin Durant and Kevin Durant couldn't shut him down. It was just basically just who could outscore who, who could outplay the other. You know, Le- LeBron, you know, they had a healthy Cavs squad. They had Kyrie, Kevin Love. And then you had uh, Golden State, uh, Durant, Curry, Thompson, Green. So Draymond Green's never been a big like scorer, but he's the he's the heart and soul though when it comes to that defense. So that's pretty significant. And you know it's basically four All Stars against three, which you know doesn't look good on paper, but still can be a meaningful and big W. But they just couldn't get it done last year in the NBA Finals. Uh, Kevin Durant won NBA Finals MVP. And uh, that was it, man. Uh, they finished them in five. And if it is Cleveland Golden State again, I think it'll be five or sweep again. LeBron James can only do so much, man. And, I, man, it's just it's it's just not going to happen. He's going to be three and six in the Finals. And it's just I know that's hard to critique because he's, you know, Putting up all these stats, these triple doubles, he's breaking every record, scoring, rebounding, assists, this and that. But, God, man. It, it, let's not forget, and keep in mind, I'm not disregarding any, any, anything he's done or any other players for that matter. Like Russell Westbrook. Love Russell Westbrook. But the thing is, like this NBA, this new era, like the norm has almost seemed like the triple double. Like it's not that big of a deal anymore. We've seen it back-to-back years by Russell Westbrook. LeBron James does it whenever, it seems like whenever he wants to, you know what I mean? Back then, you know, 10 years ago, that was, you know, kind of a big, you know, it was a big deal. Like, you know, that's a rare thing to see. But now we see it more often, this and that. And it's just like, man, triple-double just seems like not that big of a deal anymore. I, I know it has a lot to go with, you know, just how the play style goes, the NBA from, from now compared to the 80s and 90s, uh, it's not as rough as it used to be compared to now. And, you know, defense seems to be, you know, kind of uh, lackluster. That's just my opinion. 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, Cleveland owns Toronto. Pretty much simple. That was the agenda from last night. I don't think he has enough help to win his fourth title, though, to be honest. I, I really don't. I'm not disregarding. He's got Kevin Love. That's his best option. Even then, he's been lackluster at times for these for this playoff run. So it's just, you know, can they stay consistent? I don't know. Who knows? They're looking solid right now, but I, I don't think they can, to be honest. LeBron James, like I said before, and I still believe it, I think he's going to run off steam sooner or later. He's going to need that second and third option on his team because he played all 82 games this year. He's played all those minutes. Eventually, he's going to get tired as bad as he wants it. And man, he's going to get he's going to slow down in his 15th season, 33 years old. It's going to happen. Uh, so it's just it's going to be tough, man. I, I just don't see Cleveland winning it at all. It's going to be Golden State. I want Houston, but it ain't going to be. I really it's just Golden State's just too much. And, uh, yeah, man, it's just, it's too much for Cleveland. Uh, and plus, it's just, man, oh, God, but man, um, but Utah, Houston tonight and New Orleans and Golden State. And, uh, and I know this is a little off topic, but, uh, in other news, Avengers, man, they, they, accumulated a billion dollars. I know it's a hell of a segue, but the Avengers Affinity War accumulated a billion dollars gross income within just like 11, 12 days. That's the fastest that any movie has done. I, I've pretty much seen it coming. Man, they're breaking box office records. Great movie. If you haven't seen it yet, awesome flick. I loved it. Honestly, kind of contemplated of possibly going and seeing it a second time in theaters, which is very rare for me. When I go see a movie, I have, you know, that's it. But uh, that's the only second time that I've ever seen a, a movie uh, in theaters. I'm allowed to go see it twice. And uh, the last time I felt that was uh, when I watched the, the Dark Knight. So very rare feeling for me. But uh, like I said, not to get too off topic. But, but hey, you're listening to Injured Reserve Podcast, and we're going to take a quick break. Welcome back to Injured Reserve Podcast. So, uh, last Friday, one of my all-time favorite athletes uh, in sports in general, uh, growing up watching him as a kid from high school all the way to now, the uh, the wily old veteran, 38-year-old Albert Pujols, uh, achieved that 3,000 hit margin, finally, that milestone, I should say. And, uh, man, I can't lie, in high school, I was I was a Cardinals fan. I was just a fan of that lineup. Uh, David Eckstein, Scott Rowland, Jim Edmonds, Yadier Molina, um, uh, all the, uh, their pitcher, uh, Chris Carpenter. Man, those guys were fun to watch. Uh, and then, you know, just seeing them win that World Series in 2006 and 2011. Really cool thing to see growing up. Kind of been distant from baseball lately, I can't lie. It's just, I, I don't know, mainly for me, excuse me, mainly for me, I just mainly focus on football now, you know, I just, I don't know why, just because I got older, but I still follow my, uh, the players and whatnot, so it was just a cool thing to see, uh, get him that 3,000 hit and then over 600 home runs, he's, he, uh, he's only become the fourth player uh, to do that with 3,000 hits and uh, 
600, 600 home runs in, uh, in uh, his career, joining uh, Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, and Alex Rodriguez. So definitely a future Hall of Famer, no doubt. 10-time All-Star, two-time World Series champ. They got, hell, the, the Angels got a chance this year. He could do it. So uh, they got a hell of a lineup. Mike Trout, he's going off per usual. Um, two-time MVP, or no, uh, excuse me, three-time MVP, uh, Hank Aaron Award, back-to-back, home run leader, back-to-back, I mean, man, it's just, this dude's accolades, it's just off the charts, so that, that was really cool to see, him and, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. and Miguel Cabrera, definitely, uh, my top three favorite players of all time in, uh, baseball to watch. Well, it, no, let me rephrase that. Jim Edmonds was my favorite Cardinal player watching, to be honest. So definitely add him at Jim Edmonds, Pujols, Griffey, and um, uh, Miguel Cabrera. And then probably, I got to say, probably Miggy's got a chance uh, to join that 3,000 uh, 3, club as well. Um, he's getting up there in age as well. I mean, he's 35. He, he doesn't have it like he used to. I mean, he is at 2,666 hits, so give him, you know, probably another two years. He, he'll hit that 3,000 margin. Also approaching uh, uh, 500 home runs, too. He's at 465 right now. Can't can't doubt his accolades. 11-time All-Star, two-time MVP back-to-back, World Series champ with the, the Florida Marlins before coming to Detroit in 08. Uh, Silver Slugger, seven-time Hank Aaron Award, back-to-back, batting champion, home run leader. I mean, the dude, I mean, he's got crazy accolades as well. Definitely future Hall of Famer, no doubt. And, uh, man, it was just, uh, it's just one, it's just cool growing up seeing your favorite players achieve that kind of milestone, especially, you know, when only four players have done that. And, uh, so, yeah. And then, uh, as a Steelers fan, for most of y'all, uh, uh, know me for. I I don't like the whole thing on what Big Ben Roethlisberger's doing. I don't get like why he's all, so upset. You know, for the past two years he's been giving us the runaround. Like I'm not sure if I'm gonna play next year. This and that. Blah, blah, blah. He's he's lopsided. He's not sure. He threw those five interceptions against Jaguars defense in the regular season. And then, you know, he goes and tells, you know, that he's getting interviewed post game, and he's just like, I don't know, maybe I don't have it anymore. So the, that leaves the Steelers, you know, organization, their franchise, like, all right, well, we got to pick up a quarterback or someone in the draft. So I don't see it in Joshua Dobbs or Landry Jones. So that's exactly what they did. They picked up Mason Rudolph, who's a, you know, great quarterback in college at Oklahoma State. And, you know, and then he just goes off in an interview. He doesn't really go off, like, angry, but he's like, I don't know why they picked him in the third round. We could have got some more help and blah, blah, besides that position. It's like, Ben, like, you know, don't give me this bull jive in saying how you're, you know, you're not sure if you're going to come back next season and then be mad at us for drafting the quarterback if you're, like, saying, oh, I'm going to play another three, four years. It's like, man, you, you got to give us an answer. Don't be so inconsistent and then be mad at us for drafting someone in that position to replace you or hopefully, you know, be the another franchise quarterback. So, man, I just, I don't know why he, he got all uh, frustrated about that. You know, he, sh- he, should, know, he should know better. Uh, he's been in this league for 14, 15 years since the uh, uh, 04 draft. 
So I, I don't know. He, he there's no need for him to you know get anything like that. You know that that angry or whatever. So I don't know. Definitely, it, it's just like look, man. We we need someone in the future. And plus, it's more than that. It's more than just getting the help. It's like what if you get hurt? It's like at least we got possibly a second option, someone that could possibly still lead us to the playoffs. So it's not it's not always just about you. You know what I mean? It's it's for the whole franchise in general, you know. And, and Green Bay did the same thing with Aaron Rodgers, you know. They they drafted him and Brett Favre, you know, uh, what, two or three years. And then suddenly they're like, all right, we're going with Aaron Rodgers. Favre didn't want to retire. And then uh, he ended up, I think he retired for, God, he retired so many times, who knows. And then he went to, I, I believe, the Jets, and that was just a trash season. Then he went to Minnesota and uh, had one of his best seasons ever. And then uh, soon he, you know, finally retired. And, but, uh, yeah. And then, evidently, um... Another news, um, where was I reading it? Uh, Kawhi Leonard, the whole Kawhi Leonard situation, I don't get that one either. Um, apparently, there's rumors of him going to Boston and possibly Kyrie. I, I don't know. I don't know how that's working out. Uh, I just saw the headline. I just, man, I know Kawhi, I just don't get it, because if Kawhi stays in San Antonio, he's technically going to, he's estimated to get paid more if he stays in San Antonio. I just don't get on how, like, you're just, you know, there's, supposedly there's conflict between him and the coaching staff or, or Greg Popovich. It's just, I to me, I Kawhi Leonard just comes off as uh, selfish and just ignorant, to be honest. <clears throat> Excuse me. You can't ask for a better coach in the NBA to mentor you than Greg Popovich are you know arguably uh you know probably the top five coaches of all time in the NBA you can't ask for someone better you know take advantage of that any other player would love that LeBron James would love to have Greg Popovich well I don't know about that to be honest because I mean I get it because Greg Popovich is known to be you know have his old ways of uh doing things but it's worked he has five NBA championships under his you know his resume it's hard to it's hard to argue that you know it's like my five compared to you know Kawhi's one or LeBron James's three you know it's like oh, I have my way I have your way it's an ego thing you know there there has to be a middle ground nonetheless though Greg Greg Popovich has to have to be fair as well as the you know any other players that you know may disregard some of the tactics they may use but uh, who knows that situation San Antonio that's kind of a Slowly disintegrating dynasty uh, or franchise. They need to rebuild. You know, they're getting old. They got Ginobili. They got Parker. It's time for those guys to, you know, ride off into the sunset. And uh, they're hoping their key was Kawhi Leonard. But who knows, you know, who knows Greg Popovich with, uh, you know, his uh, wife passing away. Uh, not sure if he's going to come back next season. He's, he's 69, 70. He's getting up there. So who knows what's going to happen. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it's an iffy situation nonetheless. And um, I don't know. If I, if I was to see a, a, a highlight of a Kawhi to Boston for Kyrie, I would really, I would be curious on that. I would like, you know, I could see Kyrie repping a San Antonio uh, jersey. Definitely. 
I, I like Kyrie. When uh, if he stays healthy, he can, you know, revamp that franchise in San Antonio. That's disintegrating. Lamarcus Aldridge. That's that's about it. The only uh, you know young gun they got for the most part. Someone that's uh, productive uh, for this last playoffs uh, uh, run in the first run against Golden State. But uh, with that being said, I'm going to take a quick break and we'll be back very shortly. Welcome back. You are listening to Injured Reserved. So, of course, you know, every time, you know, something breaks out, a particular athlete like Albert Pujols with his 3,000 hit or a buzzer beater by, Le- by LeBron James, there's always the speculation and debate of is this particular athlete better than the ones in the years past that played the sport? And, of course, every time, you know, same subject gets brought up everywhere I hear or read somewhere, you know. So LeBron James now has five playoff buzzer beaters in his career. LeBron, or Michael Jordan only had three, and they always bring up the topic, you know, who's better. Now, you know, I hate this whole notion. I hate the just the idea in general because it's two different, complete different players and two different eras. So that's, that's, you know, let's nip that in the bud real quick. And another thing is that the only thing I can't stand, if there's uh, there's two fan bases that just get on my nerves, and that's uh, the Dallas Cowboy fan base and a LeBron James fan, fan base. I'm a fan of LeBron. I like LeBron. I do. But it's the fan base that favors LeBron every everyone that's been a diehard fan since day one you know they disregard the fact on you know his eight finals appearances they act like that he did it by himself and I admit I'm a Michael Jordan fan and a lot of Michael Jordan fans that grew up watching him disregard the fact as if Michael did it by himself and that's simply not true no player has ever gone to the finals and done it by himself and I hate everyone you know everyone brings up that whole agenda for LeBron James it's just like look man you gotta look at the rosters that LeBron James has played in his career when you make eight final appearances and you look at his roster he has six maybe seven future Hall of Famers He's played in his first first stint in Cleveland prior to the Miami. He had Antoine Jameson, who averaged 18 and 6. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, since a lot of LeBron James fans want to go off stats, statistically speaking, Antoine Jameson averaged more points than uh, Scottie Pippen did when he played for Michael Jordan. So let's let's put that in the in you know in the topic as well. But people, for some reason, are so quickly to forget Antoine Jameson. Act as if he was a bud, or a, a bum, excuse me. So and then you go. He goes to Miami and he goes with the top five shooting guard of all time with Dwayne Wade and one of the best power forwards of all time in Chris Bosh. So they get that. They form the uh, you know another big three. Because Boston, let's be real, Boston Celtics were the big three with Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen. 
a uh, little bit past the prime, of course. They were about thir uh, 32, 33. They're getting, you know, they're coming to the point where, you know, they were near the end of the road, about to ride off into the sunset. So you got them. LeBron jo joined Miami, and they were the first official big three, quote unquote, of, you know, all players in their prime, late 20s. And, you know, so that's what they did. And so with that four-year stint in Miami, you got all that talent, and he went two and two in the finals, right? So uh, he he lost the first one against Dallas, and then they come back, and then they win they win that. He finally gets his first one. Then they go back to back, and then they lose to San Antonio, and. Uh, uh, they lose. I think they lost in San Antonio five or six. I'm not, I can't remember, but uh, it was a blowout loss in that final stint. Because I think, you know, by the looks of that team, they were just burnt out. They were just burnt out, and LeBron was near the end of his contract. And then he goes back to Cleveland, and where Kyrie, you know, got drafted there two, three years ago. So goes goes to Cleveland because he realized Miami Heat roster is getting old, and. They got Kyrie, then they grab Kevin Love, and they go on that stint. And I, I give him the benefit of the doubt of that title, you know, of that run. Uh, his first time back in Cleveland uh, when they faced Golden State, and they got swept. And um, no, I think they won the first game. I think they won the first game. Or maybe they're up 2 0. Hold on, let me look this up. I, I don't want to give y'all any inaccurate things or running off like a, you know, like, like a, some moron. Uh, let's see. What was that? The, that was the finals of 14, I believe. Let me see here. Well, you know, that was the Miami Heat, San Antonio. And yep, San Antonio won 4 1. And then it was the following year, Golden State. Yep, they won 4 2 Cleveland. And, uh, Cleveland had everyone was hurt. Kevin Love, Kyrie, and I give LeBron James like God, God bless him. I mean, uh, they put up a hell of a fight, and Cleveland actually led the series at one point, two to one. You know, LeBron uh, just uh, leading all average statistically, leading practically almost every category in the finals. Uh, God, I mean. Uh, no one's disregarding the fact of LeBron James as an athlete. Oh my God, look at these stats. Just nuts. Came six. They lost the Warriors by eight. Uh, LeBron James, 32 points, 18 rebounds, nine assists. I mean, you can't ask for anything better than that, but man, it's just... That's, that's just crazy. But... Yeah, uh, Kyrie, no, Kyrie played the first game, that's right, he, he played the first game, Kevin Love was the one that hurt, then Kyrie went down, and, uh, they even lost the first game, Kyrie went down, he put up 23 points, 7 boards, and 6 assists, and he, he went down after game 1, and the rest was on everyone else, with Mozgov's average 14, J.R. Smith's 12, Tristan Thompson's 10, LeBron James put up 36 points, 13 rebounds, 8 assists. I mean, my God. But the story of that was the coming out party of Steph Curry putting up 26 boards, you know. So, and then Andrea Iguodala uh, won the NBA Finals MVP that year, oddly enough. Uh, and then he put up 16, 
Clay with 15, Draymond with 13. I mean, technically speaking, is since, like I said, a lot of LeBron James fans like to go to stats, Mozgov, JR, and Tristan all statistically compete with Klay Thompson and Draymond Green and Andre Iguodala. I mean, it, they're pretty much close. So, but, um, yeah. And then the next year uh, was the, you know, the infamous uh, down, uh, what, were, what were they down? 3-1, 3-0? Weren't they first, first team to be down 3-0 or something like that? Uh, they were down 3-1. You know, Golden State up 3-1, and Cleveland won three straight. LeBron James with that block in Game 7, and then Kyrie Irving with, with that three-pointer. And uh, that was it. Uh, the 73-9 Golden State goes down. And uh, then the following year after that, uh, they lose 4-1 again to Col- Golden State. And, uh, yeah. But... The main point is this. This is why I like to get everyone. I, I go, just look at the rosters from Michael Jordan's career to LeBron James's career. And so it's like, okay, so Michael Jordan had Scottie Pippen for his first three runs, uh, first uh, three-peat. Then he comes back after baseball stint, gets Dennis Rodman. Rodman was never known to be a scorer, but great defensive player and rebounder. So you got him and Scotty. Now you take LeBron James's uh, his uh, career. You got Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. So you take those two. So Scotty Pippen was the only uh, other player on Michael Jordan's roster that averaged, you know, that averaged 22 points. Other than that, there was no one else. You had Paxson, you had Kerr, you had Cartwright, you had Grant. You know, guys like that. Just role players. Tony Kokoch. You take Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, and you look at their stats, and it's you know significantly different. Um, Dwayne Wade in his prime, uh, all y'all know, no, aka the Flash could ball out like none other. Like I said, that's why I consider Dwayne Wade one of the top five shooting guards of all time. Uh, coming out of Marquette, you know, winning, winning Rookie of the Year. When he got drafted by the Miami Heat, and then they pick up Shaq. Once Shaq and Kobe had their little feud, and I think his first year in Miami, they end up winning that title. Actually, uh, they were down 2-0 against the Dallas Mavericks, and, they, and uh, I believe D Wade won Finals MVP that year. I'm not too sure, but uh, yeah, he won. He, he got their little stint, and um, let's see here. Let me look up D, D Wade. I know, uh, uh, let's see. So you take Dwayne Wade's counterparts and his stats during their stint when they won the NBA title. So, yeah, D-Wade putting up 22 points. He's still well in his prime. Putting up, putting up 23 points in their first uh, title. Or sec, t- Dwayne Wade's second title in Miami. LeBron James' first title in Miami back in 2012. Then he was a little hurt. You know, he, he put only putting up 16 then you can notice his, you know, his performance is starting to decline a little bit. So, but uh, yeah, three-time NBA champion, Finals MVP in 06. That's right, scoring champion. I mean, yeah, even his first title, man, putting up 28 points when uh, they beat Dallas down 0-2. He just balled out in that. I remember that series actually. That was a crazy series. 
And so you take that, right? And you take, so you take Dwayne Wade and then Chris Bosh, who's also, you know, uh, uh, God, you know, God bless him with his little thing that he's going on. He's, uh, he's still slated that he's going to return with his little, uh, his little uh, flu thing or whatever it was. I can't, uh, he had a blood clot in his lungs, which is a very serious thing. Uh, yeah, Chris Bosh putting up 18 points during their stint in that uh, in the playoffs. So, um, or in the regular season, uh, the playoffs he put up 14 and 12. So, man, that's that's a solid that's a solid squad. And then you take Kyrie Irving as well, and man, it just he put up 26. I mean, man, it's just. That's that's the thing is that you cannot disregard uh, the players that uh, superstars have played with. You also got add into who they played with and why you think they're the goat. And so his run in Cleveland when Cleveland won the title, Cleveland won the title, uh, putting up twenty five and twenty six, man, twenty six last year in the playoffs and twenty five the year when they won the title. I mean, man, you cannot disregard that talent he's definitely a future hall of famer same thing with kevin love so that's the things i gotta i gotta put in you know put into the uh on the counter there so it's just like i said i'm not disregarding lebron james phenomenal athlete i am appreciating his greatness that's why i tell everyone you gotta appreciate what he's doing man those buzzer beaters against toronto just it was a wild game that was, a, that was a tough shot, too. Bank, banked it off the board in Cleveland. You know, to put him up 3-0. And then soon, last night, uh, to finish off the series, sweep at four. But, man, just appreciate the greatness, man. Whether LeBron James, from Michael to Kobe to whoever. And, and the same thing is going to happen, man. Same thing with a lot of people hate on Durant. But look, man, I, I'm not... Is it is it really, like... I mean, he, he has his God-given will to do whatever he wants. He can sign with whoever. So is it uh, for a superstar player like that to join a 73-9 team the following season? Yes. But, man, it's just, hey, you know what? I he He's his own man. He, he, I, I have no right to tell him where he, where he cannot sign when it comes to free agency. Key word, free, you know. Wherever he wants to go and win a title, God, you know, God bless him. I'm not going to judge him for that. So people can hate on Golden State all you want, but look, hey, you know what? <laughs> you know, it's working, you know. So they won the title last year. And, um, yeah, so, man, I'm not, I'm not going to hate on Durant for that. Um, yeah, just, I, I don't know. Uh, ben Simmons, I again, He'll never. He'll be a future great player in this league. <clears throat> Not. Uh, I don't think as much as LeBron James level. There'll never be another LeBron James. That's. Uh, that's nipped that in the bud. There is just. Uh, man, for an athlete like that, six eight, what two forty, two fifty to move at that speed and th- that rate is just. He keeps his body so healthy and maintained over the offseason. It's nuts. Athletes like that, I definitely respect. You know, it's, it's just like uh, James Harrison, one of my all-time favorite players. He played for Pittsburgh, linebacker, 38, 39 years old. This man still gets up every morning, does 45 minutes of cardio, like on the elliptical or whatever, and goes work. And, and then he goes, works out, lifts weights. He's 39 and keeps his body 
and says he, you know, he spends over uh, about a half a million dollars a year on his body doing all those acupunctures and all that and therapy or whatever it may be. You know, the 38, 39, man, your body starts to crumble a little bit. You're, you you don't recover like you used to. And, you know, it's just, I, I salute to anyone that does that because that's a hard thing to do. The older you get, the more you have to improvise for your body to adjust to that training regimen. You're not yeah, used to it. Hell, I'm 25 and I can notice the significant recovery from four or five years ago. You know, it takes me a little bit longer to stretch now, you know. I, I, I never usually had to stretch. I just go and go to the gym and lift or run just right away. But now I have to stretch and whatnot because, you know, I, I could just feel it. my muscles tighten up. So, but uh, hey, the, uh, we're going to take a quick break and you are listening to Injured Reserve. Welcome back to Injury Reserve. So, I uh, just got to do a quick little shout out to anyone and everyone that's, you know, that's uh, graduated, whether from high school to college, man. I know it ain't easy. I'm still working. I'm in the process of doing my thing right now. I got my associate's uh, degree just in general studies, but I know how hard it is, man. Just just being, staying consistent in school and whatnot, you know, I'm it's, uh, anyone, I, and getting that bachelor's or, you know, getting that master's degrees, it's, it's not an easy task, man, you're constantly just around the books, it seems, so definitely, uh, get, uh, congrats to anyone that's graduated for this time of the year, anyone, you know, that's doing summer school, keep that grind, keep that grind going and whatnot, I'm still in the process, like I said, uh, for my major and bachelor's, uh, I'm uh, almost done, uh, less than a year out, uh, but definitely uh, doing I'm doing something different, uh, which I'm going into trade school uh, in the fall. So, but shout out to anyone that's graduated, especially here in Mount Pleasant, Michigan, at Central Michigan University. Shout out to all my buddies and anyone else that's graduated. Uh, good for you. Uh, best of luck when it comes to. Um, the the real world now the civilian world it ain't easy it's tough but you know just stay on it be consistent and persistent it's uh like i said it's not easy but man just as long as you keep coming back for it that's all that matters be resilient be resilient be flexible uh so uh any uh royce to five nine fans out there he released his new album recently Love the album, uh, Book of Ryan. Uh, definitely check it out. I definitely get a, 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 a say out of ten. I'll probably give it an eight. Uh, be honest. Uh, phenomenal album. Definitely uh, pers- uh, personal things are being exposed in his album. Talking about growing up, this and that. Awesome album. Uh, probably my favorite uh, song is Godspeed. Check that out. But yes, Book of Ryan, Royce to Five Nine, man. Uh, he's 41, but he's still doing it like he's 31, you know, still in his prime. Uh, very underrated and underappreciated rapper. Uh, and, you know, the cool part that he's being from Detroit and always repping. I love that, you know, never forget the roots where you come from. So, uh, anyhow, uh, back to sports. Um, Philly, Carson Wentz, rehab. 
Uh, said he feels really good and confident for week one that he's going to be back. And, um, man, like I said, I said before, I'll say it again, I would hate to be Doug Peterson, the head coach. That's an iffy thing. You got Nick Foles, who won you the Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP, and you're and he's the backup. And now you got Carson Wentz. Now Nick Foles is a little older than Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz coming back. How is he going to perform now? Coming back from a torn ACL injury, he's not going to be, you know, scrambling in the pocket as he did. As, you know, we all know, scrambling quarterbacks, especially young ones who get the jitters or, you know, kind of on the go, are notorious for getting hurt. Carson Wentz did. Uh, Robert Griffin III did. Johnny Menzel. Uh, Michael Vick. You know, eventually uh, these quarterbacks, you know, they have to... May they have to develop their pocket presence, maintain to be a pocket, uh, pocket presence quarterback. So when it comes to that 37, 37, third and eight, you know, then they can scramble, then they can be a threat because then most defenses they're looking for quarterbacks like that. They're known to be scramblers, you know, to be running outside the pocket a lot, you know, and creating havoc. So, um, and uh, that's why I think Lamar Jackson is going to be a real good quarterback in the come to the NFL. I think I think Baltimore got has a bright future in him. Uh, he even he's even stated that he wants to work in his pocket presence as a quarterback. So like I said, when it comes to you know third and fifth or sixth or whatever it may be, you know he's able to just uh, tuck it and run real quick for to get a few few yards for that extra first down. So um, definitely a solid pickup by Baltimore. Kudos to them. Uh, scrambling quarterbacks is a rare thing. Uh, it was definitely probably notorious for Michael Vick because he was able to do it for so long during his stint in Atlanta. And, you know, no one, he, he wasn't, he didn't really get hurt, you know, doing it. You know, it wasn't really a, you know, teams didn't really know how to contain it. You know what I mean? But now, you know, the game's evolved. It's developed more. And it's definitely, it's not the same as that, you know, Michael Vick, front cover Mike uh, Matt in 2004 which to this day from uh, from what I've read is he's been known to be the most dominant player in all of Madden history his speed was like a 99 I remember playing that and man it's just so unfair on the PlayStation 2 no one could stop Michael Vick he literally could run outside the pocket and you know you cannot stop it. His speed was just phenomenal. I don't think it was, it wasn't like a 99, but it was like an 80 or something. Something just off the wall stat for a quarterback that you won't see now in Madden. But uh, yeah, just uh, definitely a fan of Vic growing up, back, uh, growing up and whatnot. That was cool to see. Very entertaining. And uh, But yeah, uh, Carson Wentz, uh, definitely they're going to be their go-to. Definitely going to see how he bounced back from this torn ACL injury. And worse, come, worse comes the worst. I mean, if he's not the same, if, he's, if his play is like disintegrating, if it's just like gone, which I just, I can't see that happening because he's, he's young. Um, then, hey, you got, you got a Super Bowl MVP backup, excuse me, in uh, Nick Foles. So... Yeah, Philly fans, I think you got a bright future. You guys made some solid pickups in the offseason. You're going to win that uh, that division again. Dallas don't have a chance. I, I think Dallas at best 10-6. and six. Giants, uh, solid pickup uh, in the draft at running back. I always forget his name. Shaquem, uh, I can't remember his last name, but the running back from Penn State. Uh, definitely take that pressure off Eli Manning. 
even though I, who, who knows what kind of Eli Manning's going to show up this year. He's led the league in interceptions four times in his career. But like I said before, if you get the Giants in the playoffs, uh, Eli f- flips the switch like that and becomes the greatest quarterback in the universe whenever the Giants make the playoffs. Um, let's see, Washington Redskins rebuilding franchise. Uh, they're, you know, they, they haven't been the same since, you know, Robert Griffin III's rookie uh, season. Uh, I mean, they did have Kirk Cousins, and so, you know, and they signed him, I think, to a big deal. I'm not, I'm, I haven't really seen a whole lot of news on the Redskins lately. But uh, with that being said, that's the final segment today. Uh, glad y'all for listening and injured reserve. And um, i just like to appreciate any of y'all's inputs when it comes to LeBron James or anything. Man, feel free to speak your mind on anything. I appreciate the love and uh, anyone that's listening or has been listening. So with that being said, I am Mitchell Anderson. This is Into Reserve, and I'll catch y'all next time.